Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Oh, it's yet another defeat to talk about for a Reading Football Club today. 4-2 at Bournemouth after such a promising first half. It just collapsed. And to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Hey, Bill. I'm I've trying also to sound been... a bit more upbeat there than maybe <laughs> I should do, but... It's not easy, is it? Not no, easy it's at not all. easy. I've also been joined by Matt Lansley. Hi, Matt. How are you doing today on this really disappointing day? I mean, I'm not even going to try and sound upbeat. There's no there's no point, is there, really? We've just given away a two-goal lead away at Bournemouth. So, <sighs> Not the fact that we've given away the lead. Sometimes you can be in a game that you give away... Own away the lead? Think, is that better? Yeah, you know, sometimes... sometimes you think, okay, the team's had to really work against us and that's a quality team. And Bournemouth are a good team. They're top of the league. There's no doubt on that. But, wow, we made it so easy for them to get back into that game, Alex, didn't we? Yeah. Um, it's so, so many defensive errors, goalkeeping errors, mentally weak. I mean, we could go on and on. There's so many, like, you know, so many of those typical football cliches when a team loses and Reading just kind of encapsulated every single one of them in the second half, to be honest. Yeah. It's kind of, I can't find any positives in that second half. The only positive I can find is that it finished um, because it was summed up. We will go into more detail about the other goals in a minute, but that mistake from Raphael right at the end, which completely killed off any chance. What is he doing there, man? Um, I think only Raphael will know, um, but I think we've we've certainly talked talked about it before. And the amount of mistakes that Raphael's starting to pile up is quite shocking, really. And it's it's not it's it's, it's not an individual like. Um, this is the only time it's happened. It's not. There's so many errors that he makes, kicking the ball with the ball at his feet, saves, diving out of the way of saves, fumbling saves, pushing balls into the area. And it's starting to get quite worrying. And, you know, questions are going to be rightfully asked. And I, I don't really think anyone can not or try and defend him really because it's just been, well, today just encapsulated it. It was just awful. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people listening who are big fans of Raphael still, and also the manager who said he's still a very important player and he will make mistakes and he will come back from this. But I'm starting to seriously question his position because he just like you say, he's just doing it on match after match now. And his footwork with the ball is just horrible to watch. And it's costing us in so many times against Preston. It costs us a vital goal against Stoke. He's done it again. It's just it's painful to watch, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, I mean, how can you not question him? Like, it, it, it's today isn't the first time, and as Matt said, it's not the second time. It's like this is there's multiple errors going in, every, like, and it's basically every week at the minute. It's every game, um, and that's not really good enough. You can't have a goalkeeper who's you can't rely on at the back. And the problem is, of course, is that the more mistakes he makes, the less confidence the defense have in him, and. The, you could see it in that fourth goal. He goes down and he's, you know, shouting for a free kick and no, none of his teammates back him up. None of his teammates are there saying, oh yeah, it's a free kick because it's not. It's not a free kick. You've gone down looking pretty stupid. Just hit the ball long. We're in the, like, what was it? I don't even remember what minute it was. 86th minute or something? 87th minute? Quite late on in the game, right? Um, 
it's quite late on in the game anyway and it, it, you just hit it long we're trying to get back into the game and, and you know get an equaliser and you, you're like trying to take on a def- uh, a player who's got I don't know how many appearances in the, in the Premier League but you know probably close to 100 I would have to imagine Solanke and yeah he's not particularly good in the Premier League but he's he's a better player than you are unfortunately with the ball at his feet it's just the way it is um, don't take him on just hit it long I just don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't see how Raphael is uh, going to keep this reputation which he had, especially before we went into uh, kind of the, the COVID break earlier in the year. He, he was gaining a lot of kind of reputation, not just amongst Reading fans, but amongst external media as well as one of the best goalkeepers in the championship. And I can't see it. I don't, I don't, just don't agree. He's, Average. There's too many errors. There's too many errors in there to be to be classified as one of the best keepers in the league. Like full stop. You can't like he might he might make a worldly of a save, but if you're um if if, if you're countering that worldly of a save by spooning it into your own net or making awful decisions, like actually like it's the decision to come out as well because Liam Moore has it covered. You know, Liam Moore is in front of Solanke there, and you can actually see it when when you watch that goal back from the view behind the goal. Liam Moore almost just looks over at Raphael and just, I well, I don't know what he was thinking, but I can probably have a good guess and probably just think, what on earth are you doing coming out here? Because my 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 thing with Raphael now is last season, Reading fans took a very very gleeful approach to laughing at uh, Samba at Forest. When he was, he was uh, Forest fans' opinion. He was one of the best goalkeepers in the championship. He made two mistakes against us, and Reading fans rightfully laughed at him. Um, if any Reading fans still think he's he's one of the best goalkeepers in the championship, you really need to like go away and watch some of these goalkeepers at the top. Look at Begovic at the other end. He had an incredible game today. Mm. Apart from the penalty um, game, there's, the there's, there's plenty of goalkeepers in their championship. <laughs> No, I agree. That's the penalty he gave in the first minute. Yes, yeah. but he he makes up for it with the rest of yeah, the game, doesn't he? So. Oh yeah, no, Begovic is a better goalkeeper than him. I don't think there's any doubt on that. Um, Kolo, we're focusing on Raphael here, but I'm not saying that Raphael's to blame for the hole of the defeat because of course he isn't. We're in a bad position at that moment. It was three-two already, but it's a consistent pattern that's happening now, isn't it? And we're going to go through the rest of the team and kind of work out why defensively. We've gone from being excellent to absolutely crap. I mean, that is absolutely crap. 15 goals in five games. That's not a one-off. This is happening every single match. But I don't know. How can you explain that second half, Matt, when the manager is saying that is unacceptable? We acted or played like we'd already won the game. I mean, come on. Come on. It's, this is not a new trend. No, no, and it's not. And it's the, the thing that I didn't really get in Panovic's post-match interview. It's like he was still relatively upbeat. Like, it was upbeat after the previous few defeats, like, which we've had a good start. Yes, like, you know, you could probably allow a bit of slack. But after that, there's no other way to just describe it. After that just calamitous collapse, you know, you, you, I'd be absolutely tearing tearing them apart because it's just shocking it was an awful defeat the way they just collapse is just shocking and it's not the first time we've seen it you know we're we're almost going back to you know reading of you know uh, the past few seasons when when they concede goals like um like you said on it's your very paul clement right yeah it's very, it's very paul clement like and it which is, is worrying. Gomez. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
it's yeah. well, it's, it's carbon copy of Jose Gomez actually, like, um, but it, it's it's just unbelievable, and it's just like I I don't know how much longer he can try and you know polish up his you know what with with, with just happy words because it's just he's he, he's losing a he's fighting a losing battle if he continues doing it because because the the players are going to just start accepting mediocrity again which is what they've seemingly done for year on year so one one thing that worries me about the the comments as matt says from Panovic is that last year when bowen was here we quite happily listened to bowen talking on the game and often I never really had major disagreements with Bowen because he he was very much one to tell it how it is. And if you look back in the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years of Reading managers, the managers that Reading fans have kind of like cottoned onto and held, not in high regard necessarily, but they've enjoyed um, and have had a decent kind of, I guess, relationship with the fans are the ones who've told it how it is, except Gomez. He's the only one who's kind of maybe... Um, I guess escape escaped that. Um, but the, the managers who've kind of been successful and told it how it is are the ones who've always been the ones, at least from my point of view, who've I've enjoyed the most because you understand that they are watching the game kind of with a set of almost like fans' eyes um, and understand what's going on. But for for Panovic to come out and say today that you're you know yes the second half is unacceptable, but you can't. I don't think you can come out and say oh like it's you know, it's a one-off mistake and this and it, because we've, we've all watched the past five games or past four games, you know, when we've lost all four of them and, and um, even the Blackburn game where we conceded two, it's like you you have to be a bit more realistic and you have to say, yeah, there's actually a trend happening here and there's a, Panovic is kind of lauded for being an analyst and a, a stat, statistician and this kind of thing and looking for trends and if you if you're not able to see the trends and, and comment on the trends, then what's the point in looking at them in the first place? Um, you need to be able to, you know, make decisive action off them. And at the minute, nothing's changing. We've had we've just had two weeks off in isn't it? In, yeah, in an international break, and we played that second half exactly the same way we played the Stoke and the Preston games in the second half, um, which is just not good enough in terms of improvement. Such such a big concern, isn't it, with the way that we're conceding these goals? Kim was saying this, but we all hope with Liam Moore coming back into the team, and Ovi Ajaria, obviously, kind of in the midfield, not so much defensively, obviously, but we hope that would give us a little bit more stability. And in the first half, we definitely showed that. I mean, Bournemouth hardly had a decent shot. They had two shots. One that Raphael saved quite easily, and the second one from the free kick. And you give them credit for that, obviously. But... I just can't work out how we can be so weak and concede so many goals consecutively. Two goals have happened so many times. We concede one and then our mentality just collapses. I don't know where it goes. And we're doing this time after time. And if you keep on doing this, you're never going to win any matches, are you? It's just not possible because everybody knows he plays against us. You just need that first one. You don't need to get worried about scoring. If we score a goal... You just need to get one in your back in it. Just keep on fighting. It's just so disappointing watching us. And I'd like, I think even more worryingly, I, I don't know when the last team was that conceded. Actually, because is that, is that now, I think we've conceded three goals consecutively four in games. four games. 
when on earth was the last time that that happened in a team? Because that is a shocking stat. Like, there's no other way you can put that. That is probably one of the worst stats you could probably attribute to a team and to a defence. It's just terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. And the worst thing is that most of those goals, I know this is always in the same in football, there's always a mistake that creates a goal. Some Most of them are being really, really sloppy. Somebody switching off. And there is no difference with the first two goals that we considered today. Combination of both of them, it was kind of like Aluko for one, Estevez for the other one. I know Estevez is a very young player, and I'm not surprised that he's still making some mistakes. That, that's not a shock. But kind of Aluko scores a really good goal in the first half, but then counters it with the second half error. Kind of like, it doesn't really work out for him, does it, always in a match? I no, he's, really... he struggles. He, yeah, he struggles sometimes, I guess, to get a 90-minute performance. And uh, I, I, I can kind of guess here what Matt might have been about to say is that it's difficult to blame Luco for that second goal. Um, yes. And, and I, I tend to agree. I think it is difficult to apportion much blame. I know they did in the commentary. They, they, they kind of laid the blame on him for letting Lloyd Kelly step forwards. But if you're letting a centre-back step forwards into, into your own half... Generally, it's not necessarily like a, a you know, a, a huge danger. Um, I would rather a centre back be out of position with the ball than like giving a giving the ball to you know Dan Juma or something on the left wing. Um, so I, yeah, I wouldn't apportion too much blame to to Luca. I think Estevez is concerning defensively. In all honesty. Um, there was a lot of hype around him when he came in. He had a very, you know, a very solid, what was his first game? Was it Blackburn away, I think? And he had a very solid game going forwards that game. Um, and we obviously were all very excited, me and myself included. Um, but defensively, he has some things to work on, I think. Um, I think positionally, he got caught out in the last game for the goal as well. Um, I think he's got caught twice today, really. Once for the first, once for the first goal from the cross, and then the second goal as well. The ball's kind of like he's gone to the outside, and and Dan Juma's just kind of popped inside of him, and he's um, he's not really not really been aware of it. So yeah, I, I would be a little concerned about Estevez. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily fair to say he's not going to make it or he's not going to, you know, get there or anything. But um, I would not be unhappy if Holmes was playing on Wednesday night at right back. If Yeardum's, I don't know why Yeardum wasn't playing today. Was there Yeardum's got the same the injury they had before he was out? That's, that's see, that's very that's very concerning. If if Yeardum is well, out he, again, he went he went on international duty though, didn't he? He went he went he went away with Ghana. Yes, but he's come back with it, and um, uh, yes, that's the injury that he's got. It's similar to ones he had before. But talking why about, why would you let him go on international duty then? Sorry to break away from that. I, why would you let him go on international break? Like I I kind of I saw it. Got, don't think they've got a choice. Got a choice you have to let them go. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but if 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 you if you're in that situation, you've got to ask the question. You've been back for one game after being out for what was it, two three months? You've played one game, and now no, I think it's fine. I say you've got to have some sort of restraint, in my opinion. No, fair enough, Matt. But I think I understand why he wants to play. Not me. I don't think many. Yeah, I don't think many players are going to turn down the opportunity to go and play for their country. It's no, just, I don't. Um, think so. It's just very unlikely. I think. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't really apportion any any kind of like blame on him personally. I think it's one of those things, but it's it's worrying that it's the same injury again. Definitely, 
Um, uh, it, that's concerning. And I, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have any problem if it was Holmes playing it right back on um, right on Wednesday night against Millwall. Well, you got to look at how now. much did Bournemouth get down that right hand side after Holmes came on. Nowhere near as much. There was one time when he was very lucky, the player was actually offside. Onside, sorry, when he was given offside. Raphael did save it, but he kind of did side it up. I've just seen this really worrying stat here that was on Sky today. In the first opening seven games, we were first out of all top four divisions of England. So a game since, we've conceded 15 goals and we are 92nd in the league defensively. <laughs> 92nd. I mean, I can't that say I'm overly surprised, worry. though, at that. I'm not overly surprised <laughs> having watched the games and knowing how many goals we've conceded and, you know, big fat naught next to our names on a point scored as well. So <laughs> I can't say I'm overly surprised, but it, it, it's setting a trend back of, you know, like when, uh, like 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 Alex said, looking back at when Clement was around, you know, and we had that, we had the worst year in Reading FC history and we were, what was, I think we were second bottom in the entire Football league. It was very bad, yeah. I can yeah. remember it was pretty awful. Um, I mean, to not make this into a half an hour, you know, therapy session for, for the three of us, there is a couple of positives, I would say, from today. Definitely. I was going to come on to that. I, I would come on Good. to that. I mean, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need some positives here, don't we? Because I know we've lost and I know there aren't that many positives overall, but Lucas Jaffs did it like a menace whenever he had the ball. I mean, he took his penalty brilliantly. In the first half, we played really well. Ijaria, Samedo. I mean, how good was Samedo for that first penalty? The, the thing the thing that excites me, or maybe not excites me, but the thing that I was really pleased by is this isn't the first time that Reading have come out very quickly at the start of the game and got a goal in the first, you know, five, six minutes of the game. I think we've scored, I think is it three games now, maybe four even, where we've where we've scored in the first 10 minutes of a game this season. Um, and that is really, really good to see. Um, the, the, the run by Semedo for the first goal is fantastic. And genuinely, I didn't realise it was Semedo on the ball at first. Just kind of went, oh, Achari is back. Brilliant. Because um, I looked up at the screen as he was as he was jinking into the air and went, oh, Achari is back in, like, on the byline. Fantastic. That's exactly where you want to see him. And then saw it was Semedo when he went down and went, oh, that's actually quite surprising because I haven't seen you haven't really seen Tomato make any of those runs yet. So um, it's very pleasing to see we're kind of like pushing those kind of runs into the area and, and making the keeper kind of make a decision essentially. Um, so that was very pleasing to see in the first half. Olympus Jab doesn't have any problem with penalties, does he? I think he's going to score far more than he's going to miss, and he just hits them so hard and. It wasn't right in the corner, but it was near enough, wasn't it? And kind of Ajari coming back, I thought that's a positive. He set up the goal for Aluka beautifully. It's a lovely touch there from Samedo. He just passes it to Ajari as well within that move right to the beginning. Good press there from Josh Lauren. Kind of, <coughs> I'm feeling more and more positive, Alex. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> the goal, I mean, the run from Aluka is really good as well. The yeah, run was, from Aluka is very good. Everything about this, everything about the, the, the second, second goal. Yeah, I mean, it was the a stunning goal. goal. Was just a, fan, a fantastically well-worked mm. team goal. Um, and you put yourself 2 0 up in what was it? It was quite late on in the first half, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 40 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, and you put yourself 2 0 up, and you're in a great position to go win the game there. Uh, away uh, to what is realistically a title challenger this year 
Um, uh, you, you, you put yourself a 2 0 up there and you think, I mean, A.D. Williams tweeted it during the game and he said, I'd be very, dis- I wouldn't take a draw now. And it was like, well, actually, I think most people, most people wouldn't, right? Yeah. Most people, when yeah, you team up, you wouldn't yeah. take a draw. You'd be very upset. Um, so to see the end result as it came out is is very, very disappointing. Um, but yeah, the first half, we defended relatively well, I think. Bournemouth didn't create many chances, as we kind of discussed. Um, and realistically, I think that first half was... It maybe wasn't our best half of the season or anything, but it was it was a very solid half of football from us, um, especially as an away performance. It was kind of your know, atypical away team performance where you sit back and you counter when you when you get the ball and you you know make the most make the most of your chances when you do do get them. Um, and it's just unfortunate that the second half happened. Very. I mean, I remember being so optimistic, but also slightly kind of cautious at halftime because I thought we were going to get more chances and we still did have chances in that second half. There was also an opportunity when it was 2 all, when the Bournemouth player on the, their left back completely misjudged the fly of the ball. And Luca, if he just touches that, controls that ball slightly better, he's in one-on-one with Begovic. And who knows? We could have seen a completely different result there, Matt. Shoulda, woulda, couldas. <laughs> um, yeah, we, yeah, we could have, but we didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it, it could have happened. Who knows what would have happened if he if he did do that? You know, um, but I think just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the it, fact is, we did have some chances, and Lucas Jack also had one that was a brilliant header. I mean, how Begovic some fantastic save there showed his real class there. I mean, I don't think Lucas Jack could do anything more with that header, Alex. No, I don't think so. It's a really good save, um, and you know, they showed it on the the replay afterwards that yeah, it didn't cross the line, and one of those things where you know, if, if Begovic if Begovic doesn't make such an, a stunning save, it's free free, and the game probably is completely different. We get we come out of a point and say yeah the second half was bad but at least we managed to scrape away of a point um but you know didn't happen and we've uh we're now looking at four defeats in our own instead so i think that's one of the biggest things about a game like this though it's because you know you're coming off the back of a you know a pretty bad run and at that point you've just got to do everything you can to just stop this streak you know you've got to whether it's a piece of luck or a piece of quality, you don't really care. You just need to get that ball in the net. You need to stop, you know, the the rot setting in because you know we're only, you know, we've we've only lost. Well, I say we've only lost four on the bounce, but you know we've lost four on the bounce now. And you, but right now you can't see the next win coming soon with how things have gone. You know, and that that I think is the most disappointing thing again about that second half. You know, you, like like played well in for it, we played well in the first half, but you get to the situation three two down in the second half. You know, we had chances to get back in it, and if that happens, like you say, you come away and it's it, it, you're not you're not happy per se, but but it's it's like wow, we've we, we've got a point. We would have taken that before. We can kick on now, but it's now you know we've. We're coming out of the game with a goalkeeper that's going to be shot on confidence. 
and not looking like he could save save a blooming ball if it was chuck, chucked at him from a yard away. Um, and four, four defeats in a row against, you know, Millwall away, always a hard game, and Bristol City at home. You know, and it's pressure's going to build all the time, you know. And, it is yeah. a major concern, isn't it? Um, just looking at, I keep on saying it's concerning. Everything is concerning today, but it's a kind of, we are still in the top six of the championship. Everyone would have taken that before the start of the season. We all know that. I'm just going to run that line out there. I think the cliche. There's a little, yeah, little, exactly. a little bit of context is like even looking back at last season, Leeds and West Brom both got promoted and they had one win in ten. Both of them had one win in ten. It's one win in ten games at some point during the season. So it's like Don't start talking about promotion. Either. I'm not talking about <laughs> us getting promoted, <laughs> but I'm just saying in terms of they they got promoted last season and they both had very bad runs. There's nothing to say that Reading season is just dead and buried because we've lost four in a row. I think um, there's a certain reality check that needs to kick in though. At this yeah, point. I, I would be very. I, I would be. Um, I would be very very wary of any Reading fans at the minute who. Who still think that we are one of the best, you know, best teams in this division? Um, there's there's got to be a kind of a reality check that there's something which needs to improve if Reading are going to like make a, a decent fist of this season. Still, I think I'd it's it's, team, it's, it's not hard to point halves. out though. What's <clears throat> it's a team of two halves, attacking wise, we look very good. I'd say I'll put us up against most teams in the championship if Lucas Jarrett's fit. That's the big proviso to that. But defensive, defensive, so defensively though, defensively though, player wise, player for player, if I was to go through and say Omar Richards, pretty good left back, would get into most teams in the division at the minute. Um, Liam Moore, reasonably good centre back, I would say. Michael Morrison, a lot of people, well, maybe not a lot, but there's definitely some people who would say he's one of our players of the season this year so far. Um, and then you've got right back where you've got Estevez, Holmes and Yeardom and none of them have really kind of played more than five or six games yet this season um, and are we saying that basically because we don't have a solid right back that we are one of the worst defences in the division because that seems really kind of I don't know not worrying but it just seems it, it seems a little far-fetched maybe it comes it, to the goalkeeper kind of, as well uh, yes it comes to Raphael as well right I'd say it's also down to the fact the midfield tracking today. You've got to look at that goal that came, the second goal that they scored. Where's the tracking there? And also, where is the closing down for the third goal? That's a fantastic strike. There's no doubt on that. That's a brilliant strike. But where are Lauren and Rinomoto there tracking and kind of closing that ball down? He's had a free shot there. He could compose himself and then shoot. We're not talking about the last minute here of fitness levels. We're only halfway through the second half. I mean, surely they should be a little bit closer there. I watched that third goal. And even before that, the slight build-up, we were very slow getting to the ball. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, and to be honest, I'm, I'm quite surprised we don't have... Um, we don't have that option of, of bringing on someone to replace Lauren or Rinomota still in the second half. Um I think we all kind of expected Semedo to, to kind of take up one of those roles. Um, and, and to be honest, I think the loss of, of Swift actually plays into this as well slightly because at the minute you're basically asking Rinomota and Lauren to play 90 minutes every week. Neither of them are going to get subbed, are they? Let's be honest. Um, at any point during the game because there's nobody to replace them. And 
I'm not excusing the fact that they're vanishing is probably the right word. They're, they're kind of vanishing in the second half of games currently. Um, the first half today, they both looked very good. And then the second half didn't really see from either of them particularly. Um, but it's, we, we just, we don't, we have no rotation options in those two positions at all. Um, and I know that Panovic said this week that they've already established some players that they want to go out and try and sign in January. So, my hope is that one of them is going to be a kind of a defensive midfielder with a lot of energy who's going to be able to battle for one of those positions because otherwise we're going to be asking them to play, both of them will be asked to play 46 games with zero kind of zero minutes out of the team. And by the end of the season, they're going to be dead on their feet. It is a, yeah, it just worries me. The whole thing at the moment. Um, yeah, I'd love to be more upbeat. And hopefully on the next episode, we will be. But that's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Millwall, um, Matt. I mean, Millwall, Bristol City, where do we think we're going to get? I'll start with you, Matt. How many points do you think realistically we're going to get from those two matches? Well, I said I said earlier, like, I, I can't see the next win coming. I mean, I, yes, I was upbeat and lapping it in earlier in the season, but that's because we were winning every game. We didn't look like we were going to lose. Right now, we don't look like we're going to win. We are the yeah. thicklest of bunches, aren't we? <laughs> now, how many points then, Matt? Come on. Come on. Give us a prediction. Ah, uh, one. Alex? Uh, zero. Yeah. I'm going to go. Disappointing. I, I can quite bring myself to say zero. <coughs> I uh, wanted I'll to say it inside. Zero. <laughs> totally. Well, that is a beautiful way to end the podcast. Um, really upbeat, and I'm sure you all really enjoyed that mood-enhancing episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back after the Millwall match, win, lose, or draw. Let's hope that we're all completely wrong and we managed to get a win. So, cheers. Thanks for listening. Did it,